the Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. Spreading the court. Ten seconds remaining. They just got to throw it under the basket. Under the basket. It's the truth for the win. Gone. Oh! They did it. A miracle. Hutchins. Double order. Hit that one from the parking lot. Shock it all in college basketball. It's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. Welcome back to another episode of the Big Bets on Campus podcast. I am your host for this Wednesday morning episode. I am Jim Root, and I, of course, am joined by the rest of the three-man weave. We have Kai McEwen. We have Maddie Naples, Matt Cox, down in Florida. Hopefully that gives him more uh, elite insights into the college basketball betting board. Because, of course, that is what we do here. We are going to be talking Wednesday night college hoops, Thursday night college hoops, maybe a little Friday and Saturday, but we'll leave that mostly to uh, Stucky and the rest of the BBOC crew for their Friday episode. And, of course, we'll be dropping an episode like this every Wednesday morning for the rest of the season, talking about that week's slate, giving you our usual segments. We've got Live Dog of the Week, Blowout of the Week, Trashman Pick of the Week, Power Games of the Week, Mid-Major Games of the Week, and, of course, a Spotlight section at the end. But let's get into it. Let's get to live dogs. These guys don't get to talk until I speak to them, until I let them. So maybe I'll give them a chance here. Uh, where's my dog? Uh-huh. There's my dog. Where's my dog? Uh-huh. There's my dog. Last week, Kai, how about you give the, the recap? I want to hear your voice. Well, Jim, we didn't do great last week on our Moneyline specials, our live dogs of the week. George Washington was a winner, and that was endorsed by Jim and apparently Matthew Cox, though it was. we didn't have it in hey, writing. I, I'm, I'm the colonial flag bearer on this program. It's obviously my pick. I want yes. all the credit. Uh, another game that did hit was Quinnipiac, who took down Fairfield. However, none of us officially endorsed that play, so we can't take credit for it. Yeah, we finally didn't say Fairfield was going to lose outright. And of course, <laughs> they did. What are we doing? And they did. Mercer was a failure. Mount St. Mary's, the hedge was a failure. Southern Illinois, Georgetown, USC upstate all lost. In fact, most didn't cover. So not a great picks uh, week for us fellows, but I'm sure we're going to get it back Jim, this week. We better bounce back. That's what we do. We got to be, we got to be like elastic. That's what we do. Bounce them back. It's a, rock, a rubber band, baby. Bounce back like elastic is a young jock lyric. That is a, a rap lyric. I'm oh, very, yeah. very, cut, I'm cut. sure people can tell Good. by my, my voice that I am a great student of the rap game. Uh, all right, let's get into the games for this week. Let's start with Wednesday night. Got three candidates listed here. We're going to discuss the ones we think are most likely, and we'll close the segment by giving our, our official bets. First one we got here, St. John's plus eight at Xavier. Also looking at possibly Winthrop plus six at Gardner-Webb. Holy Cross plus eight at Boston U. Let's start, Matt, with that, that power conference battle. St. John's at Xavier. Maybe we get Posh Alexander back from this. For this game, Xavier is floundering. Can you talk yourself into the Red Storm? Certainly can. And we get Justin Champagne, presumably healthy after he played. I think he played like the entire game against UConn over the weekend, that 63-60 loss at home. But again, highly competitive, just a game removed from another competitive bout against Nova. Saying it all year, the Johnnies are undervalued. They're a good team. Um, Don't love that two key guys, Kai. They're bookends, uh, Champagne and uh, Posh are a little bit banged up, but... 
but they're playing well. And you're right. I think going to Xavier team that's really, even though Xavier's been awesome at home, I do like the Johnnies. Yeah, I'm taking the Johnnies for sure. Uh, I, I think they are going to get this one done. Uh, as we've said a couple times, Xavier's in Travis Steele free fall mode. Lost to DePaul at home. You lost to a banged up Seton Hall team. Now they did beat UConn, an impressive win in their last outing, but they're vulnerable. The Centos Center has not been the same recently. They have They've three, lost three times. Yeah, exactly. Oh, sorry. three, outright, three outright losses at home for Xavier. So yeah, I'm taking the Johnnies here, Jim, on Wednesday. You two are so cute talking over each other, trying to get the same points in. <laughs> Finish each other's sandwiches. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Uh, the other two we've got there, Win- Winthrop and Holy Cross. Kai, are either of those jumping out to you? Do you think you'll take either one? I've got a, a fourth game on Wednesday that I'm going to officially endorse in the second here. So I don't think I am, Jim. Winthrop beat Gardner-Webb in the first matchup, and yeah. they could be the best Big South team. I don't know if Gardner-Webb's playing well. The Holy Cross game I included on there, BU has lost to Holy Cross this year, and last season they played six times. It was 3-3. Three to three. Holy Cross might have BU's number, hence the yeah. interesting angle here at a live dog factor. Maybe Holy Cross just owns Boston University. I love that they played six times last six season. Times. <laughs> that was COVID scheduling in the Patriot League for you folks. Uh, I'm actually going to endorse Gardner Webb. Their defense is incredible. It's up to top Winthrop. 50. Gardner Webb. Oh, what is wow. favored? Winthrop's Winthrop. the six point dog. Wow, I miss. I misinterpreted oh, yeah, that. Wow, okay. Uh, then I'm staying off Gardner that Webb. one. I, know, I, was, I was confused too. It was yeah. It's like Gardner <laughs> I'm so used to Winthrop being such a power in that league that they're never an underdog. I know, but that's why it's are. weird. It was why it might be a good little money long money line special, Jim. If they, win, if they win that game, I believe they are tied for first in the Big South with uh, Longwood, the juggernaut. That's under the operation. Well, they they need Longwood there. to take another loss. I think they're one back in the loss. Oh yeah, they're one. They're a game back. Okay, yeah. Uh, my official Wednesday endorsement, guys, I got to do it. It's Manhattan over Fairfield. I'm sorry, Fairfield, but I think you're losing out right yep, again. I like the shim. I like Ken Palm's got the Jaspers plus seven. Man, I knew you'd be on board with this. I, I, I wouldn't have to do a lot of convincing to get you on board Manhattan over Fairfield. I mean, I hate Manhattan, but I like backing Manhattan Moneyline more because you, you know, if, if they're going to, they're not going to cover, right? They're going to lose by 20. Like they're going to blow a lead late or they're going to win. And sure enough, that's just kind of the, volatile roller coaster that is the Manhattan Jaspers who are poorly coached, but highly talented. And that's the outcome that you get with such types of teams, Mr. McKean. Yeah, it's a good one. I'll give, I'll give one more that I'm not officially endorsing, but I want to at least let the people have the option of taking it themselves. St. Bonaventure plays five guys. They just swept slew and now they got to play UMass, a team that is erratic as can be wants to run up and down, going to try to speed that game up, shoot a lot of threes. It's plus 10 at Ken Palm. Maybe there is some value there. Again, I'm, I'm not officially endorsing it. We won't be discussing this one next week when we recap. But if people listening like that potential spot and situation, yeah. third game in, in five days for a team that's playing no bench, then maybe, maybe you got a, some value with the Minutemen. Yeah, UMass is a great, um, I guess, a high variance team that we like to endorse in these, uh, or I guess fade in these underdog scenarios. I have one for Thursday. None of the Wednesday ones jump out. I'll be, uh, I guess I'll be back in chalk on Wednesdays, the Thursday day yep. of the pups. We're going Thursday. We're talking Thursday. Now the, the four listed in the outline here, we'll see if Matt and Kai and even myself have any non outline ones, but Arkansas state plus five at Texas state, Southeastern Louisiana plus six at Texas A&M Corpus Christi, a Southland bout big one mm-hmm. there, Idaho state plus seven against Northern Colorado. They're hosting them. I can't, I can't get on board the Bengals. I hate the no, Bengals. I can't either. I need to hate them. Washington, Washington State plus 12 at UCLA. All right, Kai, I'm going to you first here. Which one of these jumps out to you most? 
All right. So if Arkansas State's healthy, I don't mind that play. Desi Sills, though, Keon Wesley both missed last game. Not the same team without Sills for sure. I'm endorsing Southeastern Louisiana plus six at AM Corpus Christi. Corpus Christi beat them at their place. Southeastern Louisiana is a team that I thought might be the second best team in the conference heading into the year behind Nichols State. They have a lot of juice, they have a lot of talent. Uh, that's what I'm officially endorsing, Jim. I thought about Idaho State. Matthew, they're three and one against the spread, last four, two outright wins. They're playing better where we thought they would be in the right. Let, let me clarify my take earlier. I'm just annoyed that I was betting at the wrong time on the Ryan Looney reversal. And sure enough, it just happened a few weeks after I'd already written them off for dead. But yeah, they're starting to trend up. Like I said, it's the same team as last season. They shouldn't be this bad. Don't hate that one. Here's I'm staying out in that pack Northwest neck of the woods, though, Kai. All of this game I'm looking at is going to be in the L.A. area. Washington State at UCLA. I'm a sucker for big time Hail Mary value with the money line game. And plus 12 is going to translate to a pretty juicy money line price. Um, the Bruins have lost three of four. They do not look like the same Bruins team. They're a little bit banged up. And I think the size and interior physicality of the uh, of the Cougars can give them some issues on the road. So I like Data Raid, Kyle Smith, and company going down to Westwood, pulling out the upset. I'm gonna I'm gonna endorse that one too, Matt. Just in terms of a pure value thing, Jaime Hawkes' ankles are a wreck. Both of his ankles. He has he has shouldn't be playing right now. Should not be playing. Yeah, really struggling to move around and. Uh, it's just not the same UCLA team right now. They're not getting the fireball Johnny Juzang that everybody saw in March last year. And, and Tiger Campbell hasn't been exactly what we had hoped from him as the floor general so far this year. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think Washington State has a chance to pull that off. They're maybe out of the bubble discussion, so we don't quite get the desperation. But I'm sure Kyle Smith can at least talk them into. You can get into discussion if you sweep the L.A. schools, and that's the yeah, first step. Right. That's what Oregon did. That's how they got back on the map. So it's, it's certainly possible. Teams have done it before. Uh, anything else on Thursday jumping out to either of you? Uh, Kai, I kind of like your Southeastern Louisiana pick. They lost at home Thanks. 15 to Corpus Christi. Holy yeah. cow. So maybe did, some indeed. retribution there. Their defense isn't great. Also, guys, Wazoo's not good. They're not. Sorry. They're solid. Stop it. No, no, no. no, no. Don't, go. Have, don't go there yet. Zero, zero good wins. Zero. Hey, they're about to have one, Kai. <laughs> I just what a, I what, what a perfect opportunity for them then. As yeah. The, uh, yeah. Just when you think they can't, that's when they're going to get it done. <laughs> Jim, I, Jim, I was tempted to add Eastern Illinois at Belmont. Uh, probably going to be catching 30 points in that game. So, so uh, I would, money line, I would money beg you. Since they've been removed from our blowout city section. Well, oh, no, I added back in this week. I added this, it back in this no, week. No, what? They just covered again at Austin P. They're playing competitive, inspired ball right now. They're playing Belmont. Let's let's transition to that yeah, section, okay, please. Fine, fine. Thank you. Fine. Fair. All right. Wait, before we get to, before we do transition, Kyle, let's recap. Oh, yeah. Real let's quick. actually, what are we officially what are we actually endorsing? Taking? I'm officially on Manhattan on Wednesday and Washington State on Thursday. Kai, what do you got? The Johnnies on Wednesday and Southeastern Louisiana on Thursday. I'm going to take Washington State. I, Kai will add Winthrop. I, th- I think Winthrop just out of Great. principle, the perennial program that they are, even though it's under a new regime, no longer under Pat Kelsey's watch. I, I still think plus six, if you're getting somewhere in that range from money line translated price, it's probably a pretty good bet. I'm glad somebody's t- biting that bullet because it, yeah. man, six feels so high for that. It does feel high. I mean, look at me. I thought Garner Webb was the underdog. That that's how I feel like the odds makers that game. probably shade it to like five, but still, I bet it's no lower than five. I mean, I think the numbers would at that point it's probably gonna get bet back up and probably get a better price on that money line. Yep. All right, let's do it. Blowout city. It's time. Fire in the hole. 
And we are starting with maybe the team that should have been the headliner of this section the entire conference season. That is Gonzaga. They are minus 30 at Pepperdine on Wednesday. They won the first game by 34. So, you know, maybe not enough, but this is a young Pepperdine team that's banged up. Gonzaga is smoking opponents. They've won by 38, 33, 30, 32, 44, 32, 34, 26, all in conference. <laughs> yeah. So that's it's... where you get the Gonzaga plays nobody type of narrative, but there's BYU in there. There's St. Mary's in there. Like th- this team has been a complete and total juggernaut. Do we think they do it? Do we think Gonzaga wins by 30 plus on the road? Yeah, I, I do, yeah, Jim, especially, do. especially if Yade Smith, Jade Smith, J.D. Smith Jade. is out. Jade Smith, if he's out of the lineup, absolutely. Keith Fisher's been out for a long time. Uh, Jan Zedek's been a little banged up. He was fully healthy, I think, against BYU. But yeah, it's not going to be competitive. They're, they're going to crush him. Kai, how about your boy Houston Mallet? Uh, future. Future Colby Ross in the making. Yeah, 31 last game, 25 the game before one of uh, Lorenzo Romar's vaunted freshman class. No, Jim, I'm not going to endorse Pepperdine. Yes, I think it's like wins by 50, and it's not that close. Freshman um, of the week. Yeah, freshman of the week, yeah. Freshman of the week in WCC. Yeah, 50 would be their biggest margin yet, Matt. I don't know. That's, that seems like a lot to ask, but maybe they, they get to Malibu and they're feeling good about themselves and they just That's run true. up and down. Yeah, the, the LA – well, yeah, I guess we need to hope the LA distractions don't uh, – don't take them off the task at hand, which is very, a very serious one in that. And that's winning by 40 Kai mm-hmm. making the, making this a business trip, as they say. Uh, side, just a quick side note, Chet Holmgren's stats in league play are absolutely yeah, ludicrous. He's shooting 72% from two, 58% from three, and he's blocking the most shots in the conference. He's absolutely wow. insane right now. 58% from three. Get, get out. That's not fair. That guy, that guy can do this. <laughs> he, he's looking at, he's looking at going to join the what 60, 70, 80 club. He continues <laughs> yeah. this pace. He will be inventing that club. <laughs> the other one we, we, Matt, you kind of uh, briefly alluded to it. Belmont, Eastern Illinois. You think the, the, the Panthers, my the parents alma mater here, you think they're going to hang on and, and cover against the Bruins? The fighting roots, the fighting Tony Romo's, among other notable Sean Eastern Payton, Illinois. Jimmy Sean Payton's. Yeah. Kind of an NFL factory down there. They yes. do have a pretty good uh, program, football program. Um, no, I don't think EIU will, will get this done outright. Kai, but they have covered four or five, and they are playing competitive basketball under Marty Simmons. Um, finally healthy. I don't think this one qualifies for me. I'm scrapping this one. I'm in on Gonzaga. I'm out on Belmont smacking EIU. I think EIU loses by 24. Well, it's not two enough. out of four, two out of four, three out of five. But those, those teams are less right? than, yeah, they're not, they're not that great in Ohio Valley. Uh, the, the, the competition they're playing, they're playing injured teams, playing a lot worse teams. Eric, first game was caught. First I game is a 34 that. point margin. I, I think Belmont kills them. I, I kind of think Eastern Illinois loses by 24, 25 also. So 28 feels a tad high for me, but man, yeah. it's a big spread. It's hard to say. I think they compete. Like, I don't think they compete. I just don't think Belmont has this game as like a, yeah, I think they kind of sleepwalk through this game, which is good enough to win by 20. Yeah. I, I, Belmont needs to get up by 40 to cover 28. Cause I think they're going to like, they put their subs in. They, they've been backdoored mm-hmm. in a few games so far this year. So yeah, I would be wary of that. Maybe first half. How about that? There we go. One more to throw in here. Arizona's playing uh, basically the, the new version of Gonzaga under Tommy Lloyd. They are playing Oregon State, not a good basketball team. That feels like a blowout too, although I don't like laying large uh, numbers, especially in power conference games. Wayne Tinkle, a notorious for rising up from the ashes when all have doubted him as we saw last season. But man, this roster is so decrepit. I can't make any case for Oregon State competing in this game. 
I'm going to throw a last second from my head, Arizona in this mix. I think they went by 30 plus Arizona, won by 20, spread. Arizona won by 25 in Corvallis. So yeah, 28 point spread in conference pack 12. That might be, it's gotta be close a to record. record. Yeah. We should do some data digging on that one. That, that's, yeah. that sounds like a record of some four sort. touchdowns. Good God. Yeah. Yikes. In a basketball game. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's keep trucking. Let's get to power game of the week. Start on Wednesday. We got a couple here. Baylor at Texas Tech. Baylor is an underdog, surprisingly here. Lubbock, big, big home spot. The, the home crowd has been terrific in Lubbock. This isn't yes. the Chris Beard homecoming game, but I have a feeling we're going to get a very electric Red Raider fans there. Don't know what to do with Baylor right now with their injuries. LJ Cryer is still iffy, gimpy. They lost Jonathan Chamwa Chachua, aka Everyday John. He's done for the season. Matthias, a gruesome knee injury. So they got to play a lot of flow thamba, maybe some small ball. Maybe they try to bring in Love Day, the freshman. What do you see in this one, Kai? Do you think the Red Raiders get their big home win? Gosh, uh, if you're going by ATS marks, yeah, 12 and three against the spread at home this year, 10 and two against spread in conference play overall. Tough matchup. Baylor, Gimpy again. They had no Sohan that first game uh, against Texas Tech, which they lost at Waco. The revenge factor scares me a little bit. Baylor obviously uh, has that on their mind after losing at home. And they're still in play for a one seed despite their injury. So there's definitely some motivation here. I'm just scared to go against Texas Tech at home. And I'm not sure what it looks like without JTT. Maybe the over is a good play. Maybe Baylor really ramps up the tempo and plays that small ball gym uh, that you alluded to. Hey, Kevin McCuller is a game time decision. I think that's going to be a, a big X factor for both side and total, no matter which way you're leaning here. I'm tempted to take Baylor as sort of a pseudo revenge spot after Texas Tech beat them in Waco. But Kai, you mentioned this, like I've run the data on this this season and Ken Palm has his updated home court um, advantage rankings. Texas Tech's up to second and they have just been incredible at home. I think that's just a function of the crowd's amazing. The way they play feeds off that crowd, the energy that it infuses on defense. It's a hard place to get to. And it's apparently at altitude, as we discovered over the weekend, doing some random geography uh, altitude queries with the, the, the Ken Palm rabbit holes that we can get lost in. So, yeah, I guess I have to respect Texas Tech at home here. I do lean Baylor, though. I think Baylor could surprise some people here. Yeah, I get the revenge for the, the, the home flip-flop there where they go on the road and win after losing at home. I just I can't trust them without knowing if Cryer's going to be back in there. I think they need that triumvirate of guards with Akinjo, with Cryer, with Flagler to open up the Texas Tech defense that is one of the best paint defenses in the entire country, maybe the best one. So I'm actually leaning Texas Tech at home. I think they get that win and put Baylor in a tough spot coming down the stretch here trying to stay with Kansas for the Big 12 title. All right, next game on Wednesday, Seton Hall at UConn. More injury questions abound in this one. We don't know about Bryce Aiken, still trying to get back from his concussion that has really lingered for a while yeah. now. Uh, very concerning for a guy that has has had a lot of injury questions over his career. We've got Seton Hall that won in overtime in the first one. Kai, how are you looking at this game? Do you think the Huskies get a little bit of revenge? I tend to think they do, if no Aiken. Uh, he's enormous. Aiken crushed him in the first game, had 22 points, was really a savior in that one without Alexis Yetna in the lineup for, for Seton Hall. Uh, UConn is a team that still doesn't give me the warm and fuzzies. The, the Dan Hurley sideline antics, Matt, frankly, are getting a little bit old. I mean, that guy's one of the biggest curmudgeons I've ever seen in the sport. And he's getting uh, out. Technicals at bad the, times. It's not yeah. just like non-entertaining. It's, it's yeah. like actively harmful. He's the worst coach in terms of ref complaining I've ever seen in my entire adult 
life. Wow. Uh, but wow, having wow. said that, though, without Aiken, had to lean towards UConn. Yep, agree. I kind of think it's a little short, to be honest. I think if it's uh, again applying the if the Ken Palm projection of minus five, it lines up with the odds makers opener. I think I'll probably be a Husky backer here. So interesting because you thought ten was a little too high for Seton Hall at Nova, right? So you're kind of saying you got Nova and UConn similarly priced. Nova and UConn similarly priced. Um, yeah, I do. I think UConn's really good despite the Hurley stuff and some of their recent efforts. Yeah, I think they're really good. It's also just a matchup issue, they're I think, dumb. for for Seton Hall. Yeah. They're a frustrating team. They're they're top 20 in Kempom, but still their wins are not that great in conference play. Haven't beat anybody truly elite. Yep. I, I also, I don't know if I, I totally agree in the matchup. I think the key to frustrating UConn is being able to guard Sonogo 1v1 and, and forcing the guards to make plays and not letting them get into against rotating rotating defenses. So with Obiagu there and even Tyrese Samuel, I think they've got a couple bodies to throw at Sonogo that can frustrate him make his life a little bit difficult 1v1 and avoid having to send double teams. So I, I yeah. don't have a strong take there. I think the number's about right. All right. I, I can buy that. I guess I'm looking at it from the other side of the coin where I think that those, this similarity in, in uh, roster construction wings front line will, will, will pose a burden on Seton Hall to score as well, especially without Aiken. Like, I guess I like the under. talking yourself oh, the under. Yeah, under. I was just saying, under. you just, yeah. you just All right. a great case for the argument, or the under. Just without workshop that out live on the show. It's good. Yeah, I like under. Boom. Lock it in. All right, big one on Thursday here in the Big Ten, uh, especially for the road team. Michigan, they're headed to Iowa. Wolverines, we we thought they'd vaulted themselves into the tournament with a big, big win against Purdue. They blew them out, vaulted themselves into the top 30 in the net, became a Q1 win for North Carolina. Everything was rosy for the Wolverines. Then they lost at home to Ohio State, couldn't keep the momentum going. They got to figure it out on the road. Iowa, one of the best home teams in the entire country. They went three straight halves of basketball scoring 50 plus they, they put a 117, I think on Maryland put up almost a hundred against uh, yeah, 98 Nebraska. Nebraska. Yep. Yeah. So Matt, can you, st- can, can Michigan stop that offense enough to get a victory here? Um, I certainly have concerns with Michigan's defense, but I'm highly confident it's, it's more competent than both Maryland and Nebraska. Um, and I think Michigan can at least put some pressure on Iowa's defense, which has been better, but, I mean, Maryland, Nebraska, the problem is that they just got down big early and then there's never a chance. I mean, Michigan, I think, still has, you know, they still pack that punch. Um, but yeah, Kai, it's just, it's an erratic team. I think Michigan, we need to settle on what they are. And that's a good team, but a highly erratic one because of the supporting cast, um, which is yeah. odd because you think a guy like you're a team with like Eli Brooks, just the epitome of like a rock steady engine type dude. Um, but it's really been about Devontae Jones and Caleb Houston and the other guys not named Hunter Dickinson. Eli Brooks that have been up and down all year. And that's unfortunate. So I guess where does that leave us for this game? I kind of think they play well, all things considered. They need it, say, in the tournament picture. So there's motivation. But Iowa yeah, Holmes didn't mention this. Nine and five at home was a favorite this year. And they're top 20 right now. Iowa, Kim Pom, the net. That blowout win basically took them to another level again. See that happen a few times. But 0-5 against Q1, their resume. It's a very strange resume for Iowa are they super elite? I'm not really sure. I'm not, no, dude, I'm not sure not. you need to be. Yeah, I'm not sure you need, you need to be against Michigan this year with the issues they're having. At home, I probably wouldn't fade them is my takeaway. That's exactly where I'm at. I don't think they're anywhere near as good as the analytical rankings have them because I think they're that high, mostly due to blowing bad teams out. But I don't want to get in the way of the, the juggernaut at home. The offense is clearly clicking really well right now. Michigan, not a team I trust. If this gets up to seven, though, I might. I might step in on the Wolverines. That, that'd be, that'd be a little high. Yeah. Kind of, you know, what we're seeing is 
Michigan's not that good. A team isn't that good when Eli Brooks is your second best player. Uh, yeah. No problem. No shit. Yeah. He's a great fifth best player. <laughs> I know. That, that is that is wonderful. Uh, but all right, that's it. Let's move on to our next section, which is the mid-major game of the week. And we're starting with a big one on Thursday in the West Coast. San Francisco losing at home to Portland took them dangerously close to the cut line. They did get a, a big win at Santa Clara to bounce back a little bit, but this is the big one. If they're able to get this one, they're st- going to start to feel actually good about their turning chances rather than coin flippy battling for second in the WCC. You want to stay on the opposite side of the tournament picture as Gonzaga, the one seed Gonzaga. Um, so the, the, all these teams plus Santa Clara are in the mix for two, three, four. So this is a big one to get that two seed. Matt, which way do you see this one tilting? I lean Don's, but I think I always lean Don's when we talk Don's V WCC opponents, specifically uh, Santa Clara and St. Mary's. Um, and I guess BYU fan out of the, basically the tier one B of the WCC Kai home court, not going to be a lot. Two teams are both in the Bay area. I, you look at both these teams on paper. I'd argue, actually, I'm not sure I considering arguing, are they overvalued? St. Mary's 20th, San Francisco 27th. No, Seems I don't rich. think they're, I think St. Mary's is awesome. No, I, uh, but five is too many. If that's the spread, I, I think it's San Francisco for sure. We'll, we'll cover that. They're up 23 in the first game. They just kind of blew it and they're at home. Huge revenge here. Matthias Toss, 27 and 12 last game. He's a guy I thought they'd have no problem defending because of their size. I'm sure that's going to be point number one on the, on the scouting report in this game. Yep. Got to figure out how to defend the post. That is, that is enormous against St. Mary's a little bit like what I mentioned with UConn. If you can't defend the post without doubling the St. Mary's ball movement and just intelligent, passing will will cut you up. So they've got to figure out how to guard toss one V one there. I'm liking San Francisco too, guys. I think that's a little bit high. I think these teams are basically equal. So maybe two and a half for home five is too much. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I win and get some in basically. Right. Yeah. As long as they don't take any more bad losses. Yeah. Okay. The other two in mid-major game of the week start with Towson at UNC Wilmington. These are the top two teams in the CAA, just like everyone predicted coming into the year. (laughs) Ha, not exactly. UNC Wilmington currently sitting atop the league at 12 and two Tigers chasing them at 10 and three. They could tie them in the loss column with a win here. Kai, do you think the road favorite Tigers get the victory they need? Yeah, I do. And this is a similar situation to San Fran St. Mary's in which UNC Wilmington won on the road against Towson after being down. Uh, Towson was up 12 points in the second half and blew this game. It's classic Wilmington. I think they're the much better team. I, I think Towson does get the cover here in the win. I love Towson. It's like my favorite bet of everything we discussed in this entire rundown today. Um, I'm not like completely shorting the UNC Wilmington magical carpet ride or whatever, but I just think Towson's that good. Um, like I said, you got Cam Holden back, who's playing well, and then you just got Terry Nolan back more recently, who's been playing very well. Coming off the blowout win at Elon, when they got to arrest a bunch of those dudes, you get three, four days to gear up and prep for the team that beat you at your building in overtime. Yeah, I think Towson's ready for this one. I think they get it done pretty convincingly. Yeah, I hope this is like minus three. Towson, with that, Matt, you mentioned, they beat Elon by 36. And I think that may have boosted their efficiency margin just enough to push this to four. That's where Ken Palm has it. I'm hoping we can see minus three. Wilmington's definitely better now than they were in the non-con. So perhaps they shade that line down a little bit. I'm with you. I think Towson rules in this one. We We are all aboard the Tiger train, guys. I love it. Last one in this section, we've got Oral Roberts headed to North Dakota State. This is the battle for second in the Summit League, not the battle for the top of the league because the Jack Bunnies of South Dakota State have been too good. 
Kai, what do you think here? Do you think North Dakota State gets the win at home? Or do you think Oral Bobby goes into their arena and gets the W? Our third straight road flip-flop here, Jim. North Dakota State one by one on the road against Oral Roberts once again. Uh, a huge battle, second place on the line. I like both teams. I like both teams a lot. I lean towards Oral Roberts because I, I think I take either one of these teams as a dog against the other, um, but it's certainly a toss-up. Yeah, curious where it actually opens. Um, I gotta assume it's within two points either direction. I'm hoping it gets it's not, it won't pushed. Be, North Dakota yeah. State's gonna be favored, right? Yeah, I bet by not by a lot though. I think we have them uh, valued a little bit higher than the market. Uh, yeah. So I wouldn't I'm, be surprised. I've been on them like every game this year. That's what I'm saying. So I keep saying that, Kai, but like I don't know. I feel like the market's just like, nah, the buys aren't that good. And I'm like, no, they they are. Um, I again, I think it's within three points, two three points either direction. I'm hoping the market takes it one way to the extreme, and I'll come back on the other just on a pure value perspective. So kind of a lame take for me, Jim. All things considered, but that's where I'm at. Yeah, I have, a hard time, I have a hard time anticipating Max Acemas getting swept by a team in this league that isn't South Dakota State. So I would lean towards Oral Roberts a little bit on the spot aspect. The offense is is so freaking good, and North Dakota State's defense has not been as sharp as it's been in the past, despite having basically everybody back from last year. So a little bit of a lean to Oral Bob, but I think Matt's point about value is is notable. If you get three one side or the other, you're probably you're, you're probably going to do decent long term. Okay, next section, second to last one. We've got the Trash Man Pick of the Week. The Trash Man Pick of the Week. I'm the Trash Man. Just throw me in the trash. You're garbage, and you know it. Totally unreliable. Is that it? Undependable. Is that it? That's it. You've been told off. How do you like that? Good. We haven't quite renamed it yet, but it's close. This is the IUPUI <laughs> section. They are playing Robert Morris this week. IUPUI <laughs> is officially down to six guys. That's right. They have one guy on the bench every game. That's it. They don't have walk-ons. They don't have injured guys. It's just coaches and then one other dude. They were competitive this week. They nearly beat UIC. They had the uh, the late cover against Fort Wayne. Cleveland State gave them the business a little bit, but they've at least shown to be somewhat more uh, competitive, Kai. Do you think they're able to do that against Robert Morris? Yeah, it's ridiculous. They're two and one against the spread the last three with six guys. I, I'm frustrated because I bet all three times against them, so I'm one and two. Um, they haven't scored 60 points one time. Excuse me. They have scored 60 points one time all season against a D1 opponent. They're just a gross, gross team. Robert Morris won this first game by 17. I think they beat him by over 15 in this game. But like this is one of the teams I trust least in all of college basketball, Robert Morris. So I probably will not be yeah. fading IPUI a fourth time. Yeah, IPUI is just the point now where like I don't know if they're they're not improving based on their recent results. Just they've been they haven't gotten any worse than they already were in the market kept degrading their value. So that's kind of where you're at with the IPUI thing. Um, no, I'm not looking to counter punch and also to ride like a potential IUPUI hot streak to the finish line when they have six players. It's just so sad seeing the bench with just open chairs. Like, yeah, like when, that, least... when that guy goes to check in and it's empty, it's, it's like empty. fully empty. <laughs> so they, if they're soliciting students to try out for the team, they should just solicit students to like fill in open spots on the bench just so at least like it looks aesthetically like they have a full roster like do a you want to go on a road trip to pittsburgh and sit on the bench <laughs> sign up now send us an email yeah you can be you yeah, yeah no. i mean i'm gonna say if they don't cover at robert morris a team like you said kyle we don't trust we're renaming the section the pu corner it is Ooh, the yes the iupu corner very good so that is on the line it is a big game on thursday folks tune into that one to see if we get a renamed section here all right, last one, the spotlight section. We're looking at some teams that are streaking. 
Not without their clothes, Kai, you silly <laughs> goose. Uh, covers, non-covers, overs, unders, teams that have been on a streak. Let's start with covers, the good ones. These are the teams that have been on fire against the spread. Jacksonville, the Dolphins down in the A-Sun with their new coach, Jordan Mincy, off the Florida staff. Six in a row, 10 and two, their last 12. How about the Dolphins? I'm shocking. Uh, That's all I got to say, Jim. I knew they were good, but 10 and two, last 12. Wow. Okay. Uh, And they're who we thought would be one of their best players. Tommy Bruner transferred from UC Upstate. hasn't played since uh, January 8th. Yeah, he's a really good coach. He is, I mentioned this before on our Field of 68 show. He's like BFFs with, uh, with Valentine from Loyola. And um, one of their up and coming coach too. And they kind of all shared tips of their trade. And I, I think we have a reason to believe this guy knows what he's doing. The defensive game plans he has are incredible. Like he, yeah. he does an awesome job on defense. Uh, Matt, your beach boys, they have found their own beach. They're 10 straight covers. Holy cow. We bet this team so constantly, like two and three years ago, <laughs> and got publicly ridiculed for it over and over. And now suddenly they're a juggernaut and we're not really making any money off it. This is frustrating. No, the only time we've bet them is against UCLA when like our relative ratings sort of leaned them as a feisty dog and what looked like a throwaway spot against the Bruins. But then they just carry that into the Big West and are running a rough shot over these teams. The Big West is weird this year. Um, kind of like uh, what's what are the, the, the perennial contenders are not as dominant as they once were. And it's kind of left a vacancy at the top of the totem pole and the beach has seized it. They got talent. They got length. Uh, they're playing well. Yeah, Matt, I actually did take them once in this cover streak. Uh, I had a minus 10 against Cal Poly. They were up three with three minutes left and closed with a 12 steel gas pedal. Like, nice. man, those are fun to be on the side of. It <laughs> never it happens. Feels never few happens. and far between. But thankfully, Beach did it for, for me that day. Uh, Portland is also uh, on a little three straight mm-hmm. covers, six and one their last seven, 10 and two their last 12. Man, this, this program has gone from laughing stock auto fade with Terry Porter to Wow, Shantae Leggins, he, he's got him moving forward, Kai. So tip of the cap to the pilots. Yeah, he has something like four times as many. Oh, excuse me, not quite. Sorry, that was a mistake. Well, four times as many wins as Porter had in his last three years in the WCC. Porter had seven overall. Leggins already has four. Yeah, it's it's bad. The, the, the Porter era was sad. It's yeah, nice to it see was. that program bouncing upwards. Uh, the non-cover streaks, we've got Sacramento State in the big sky. Man, I didn't realize how bad they have been. Woof. I know. I feel like they've actually played better than this streak. Like, they've barely not covered in a lot of these, I'm guessing. I could be wrong. That's, I don't know. 0-10 just... oh, oh in the last 10. That's yeah, you, you keep trying you to talk yourself into them playing well, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> 10 straight no, non-covers. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, no. Not doing that. Uh, NC State, the worst team in the ACC, dead last. Six straight non-covers, one and eight in their last nine. Is not yes. a team you want to be backing at this point. Oregon State, seven straight non-covers. Matt, no, you, you you threw them into the blowout section, and maybe justifiably so, because they haven't been able to hang with anybody. Yeah, I mean, fade them now, because I bet when they get to the conference tournament, Wayne Tinkle will do the gotcha thing, where he all of a sudden turns his crap team into a moderately competitive team when they start winning games. Um, and they actually, I think, should get healthier by that time. So fade Oregon State now. Get, get your licks in now. Swing at the pinata now. 231st in Kempom, Oregon State. It's bad. It's really bleak. I can't believe how far they have fallen. Mm. All right, let's go to some total streaks. Wrap it up with that. In the overworld, unsurprisingly, we've got a Summit League team. Uh, definitely, Matt, as you, as you said, you wrote in your Summit League preview for the season, zero in on overs in league play. South Dakota has four straight overs. I didn't think this would go this way when they got Xavier Fuller back because of his on-off influence, but man, four straight for the Coyotes. 
possibly worth riding there because they're playing faster and everybody else in that conference can score. So keep an eye out on the Coyotes. It's, I mean, efficiency is the key in that conference. Like pace matters, but I just think teams are so good offensively and so porous defensively. So that's kind of the recipe. Yep. A similar team there, Matt, Southern Utah. They are four straight overs in the big sky, nine and two in their last 11. They have really broken out the the track shoes in league play, Kai. Uh, I've been on a couple of these overs, not all of them. And I wish I had, wish I'd been auto betting that. Yeah. hundred points last game, 195, 195 points in, in a game. That's good for the over. Regulation too, right? Not, Regulation. not even overtime. Regulation. Yeah. yeah. They, are, they give up a lot of threes too. So like if they're up big, they're just going to kind of like, they're going to allow their opponent to, you know, claw back with some bogus scoring streaks of their own, which is a great over team, right? That's what you want. Yep, absolutely. Uh, two others, UAB and Valpo. Valpo not playing any defense without Thomas Kithier, though he is back in the lineup. So yep. uh, be a little bit cautious auto-fading that one. UAB, I, I like this one because they just press nonstop. You, they give up open shots if you beat the pressure. They get layups if you don't. So there's going to be a lot of scoring in their games, a lot of possessions, a lot of efficiency. This one makes sense. They can't. Um, offense looks pretty ugly, but they take weirdly early and bad shots, and that leads to long rebounds and kind of helps their opponent get easy leak outs and transition. Um, the games are just really helter-skelter, and so I think that results in an inflated possession environment, which is always good for the over. Yeah, I took some unders on them early in the season, and I think the first halves would go okay. But then just it, the, the second half, they, they press till the very end, even with backups, even against backups. So yeah. you don't get the like five points in the final three minutes from walk-ons that you typically get. You're, you're getting 15 points in the final three minutes, no matter what. They're playing Rice on Thursday. First game was 85, 80, 73 possessions. So if you're listening to this before Thursday, which you should be, you all should be, um, maybe a little bit of a repeat there. You're never dead in a, in a UAB over. All right. And then the unders, Kai, a darling that you have picked up on here. <laughs> Austin P. Talk about your P boys. Yeah. Oh, 12 and one to the under last 13 games. They, they always go under, they can't score and they play pretty good defense and they play super slow. So they're, they're money money. Yep, this, this is a coach K assistant that came and made, made for some reason maybe. has, has smacked the brakes in league play. Like they, they ran a little bit in non-conference. They have not at all in mm-hmm. league play. And it's been, Wonderful for the under. Another one, Georgia State, 13 straight. 13, 13 straight unders. Just cover your <laughs> eyes, bet Georgia State unders, and, oh, you're up 13 units over the past four weeks. That sounds fun, doesn't it, Matthias? They take terrible shots, and those shots don't go in, which is helping. But I think most notably, they have like a stellar interior defense with Jalen Thomas and uh, Aleel Nasomwe. How do you say his last name, Jim? I think, like, I they, think it's Saseme. I think so, you ignore the Saseme? Yeah, okay. it's It's a silent end. Yeah, I mean, they are... You cannot score inside against them. And then on the other end, you're right. They're just going to throw up terrible late shot clock garbage and it won't go in. So I, I definitely buy this as a, a sustainable streak to continue. Yeah, they they're take the most contested jumpers with heels on the three-point line in the <laughs> entire country. They're 10th in offense in the, in the Sun Belt, and they're by far the best defensive team. Yeah, they're in by a mile. Yeah. Absolutely uh, mile. Last one, Central Connecticut, which I did not expect. I thought the new coach, Patrick Sellers, would run up and down a little bit with all their freshmen. They've got some youth and depth on that team. But they've got two straight unders, and 11 of the past 13 have gone under. Uh, we, we saw the game with Wagner where Wagner was up huge, and then they stopped scoring. And Central Connecticut held them to a 106-point game. So definitely a team to keep an eye on for potential unders. Yeah, if you ignore yeah, just, overtime, their last three games, 57, 61, 62 yeah. possessions. The pace is just grinding in their games. Yep. 
not looking to run whatsoever. All right, that wraps it up, guys. Keep an eye on those trend teams, of course. We will maybe sneak in a few of those at the end of every episode. We we won't belabor them, but just keep you updated on some teams that are really streaking there. I think that's a good angle. Uh, But thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Please remember to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Listen on Spotify. We'll see you next time on the Big Bets on Campus podcast. Of course, every single Wednesday morning, we'll be here bringing you College Breakdown for Wednesday and Thursday. We'll see you again next week.